0: Hey, everyone. In this episode, we are super excited to talk to Father Mark Mary from the CFRs about their new book, Born of Fire, that really helps men dive into Lent.
1: In this episode, we dive into who are the CFRs, Mm -hmm. what their formation process looks like, as well as our identities, just as men and women, as children of God, as we learn how to trust the Father and how we do that within context of Lent, within the context of struggle and suffering. And there's just so much in this conversation. And so we are really looking forward to sharing it with you coming up next. Thanks for joining us today, Father Mark Mary. Yeah. So uh, could you you give us
0: a little um, maybe background into the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal and um, their charisms and, and a little bit about their formation process, which um, I think kind of fed a lot into the publishing of this book.
2: Sure. Drew and Katie, it's great to be with you again. Thanks for having me back. And so Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, um, we, for those who don't know, we are a, a community of men, uh, Franciscan community. We, For the most part, we were, we were founded in the Bronx, New York in 1987. And all eight of our founders were were formerly Capuchins. A couple of them are, are fairly, or have been fairly, well known. Father Benedict Rochelle and Father Andrew Postle, in particular, uh, through their work on EWTN and in writing and all that sort of stuff. And um, well, since you know we were we were started in kind of the the South Bronx back when it was really a, a tough area. There's a there's a movie actually married, made about the precinct right next to us called Fort Apache, and and the idea the idea was at that time just with the crime and and the violence and all that sort of stuff, uh, the drugs, whatnot, like it was, it was just a, a really rough area. And, uh, but that is where Franciscan vocations and, and, uh, and men and, and women, like they just, there's something about that, that poor kind of rough soil, which is, is perfect for us. And so, uh, at this point, you know, a little over 30 years later, we, it's about 140 of us, uh, we have 15 different friaries we have a couple in in Europe and Central America uh, we just opened out in Oakland California uh New Mexico and then the Northeast this about a year ago it was one of our our founders was or was consecrated a bishop so we have our our cool. first bishop from our midst and <laughs> That's cool. you know which which is really cool we just yeah. because of the whole covid thing and his own responsibilities we just had the massive thanksgiving with him with our community awesome. uh last week and so it was to see kind of the, the Episcopal cross on the gray habit. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's fun. Um, yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's cool. And, but um, yeah, it's just this, this beautiful community. I, I really love it. Uh, we, we, we uh, live together. We pray together, you know, it's about four or five hours of prayer. Um, we're really kind of serious about our communal life, which is probably one of the things that we really press into the most. And we try and live, live amongst and serve the poor and evangelize. And it's, it is, it's just, it's, it's just, I love the, it's a community of, like I would say like passionate men of men who were really on fire for the Lord and really committed. And we're just, we're just, we're fighting, we're, we're in it together. So, so that's kind of my understanding of who we are. Um, <laughs> and then I guess a, a little bit, you were asking about the formation as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: You know um, so, so, there, there's, a, there's a journey to kind of get to our, our door and to be welcomed into what's called postulancy. We don't necessarily have to go into that too much. But, but the first stage of formal formation with us happens in Harlem, New York, which is where I live. And it's mm-hmm. called postulancy. And uh, that's about a, a 10-month uh, process. And right now, like the, the journey from, if you will, the world to religious life, to normal life to religious life, I think that gap keeps getting bigger and bigger. And so postulancy is is really geared towards um responding to and helping the men in that transition. And so we just to be like I I think our postulancy is incredible. Just we just put every resource at their disposal and really pour into these men, particularly the human found uh, human formation is what we call it, which is really kind of gonna be that you know, we use the language in the church of, of grace builds on nature. So really mm-hmm. getting at that nature and uh and shoring things up and healing things uh Mm -hmm. including like identity type stuff which we can get into so that's that's like 10 months and it's just like a really kind of Mm -hmm. it's really encouraging loving but like intentional 10 months after that the next phase is called novitiate which is when they receive the habit they receive the religious name they're formally part of the community and that's what would be like like the spiritual boot camp so it's like we had this real intense human formation And now we're going to go really intense into the spiritual formation. And, of course, all components are there in in all parts. And then they make vows, and and they they make vows for one year at the end of novitiate. And after, uh, at least now it's like four years of temporary vows, um, you can make your final vows, which is the lifetime commitment. And for us, uh, some will become priests and some won't. Uh, But for those who (laughs) who, who desire to be priests, we actually don't send the guys to seminary pretty much in all- like in all cases except in unless after until after they've made final vows, which would be one of the other things yeah. a little bit unique about it so yeah. and then that's gonna be four to eight years of study depending on your previous education and then um <laughs> so that's that's that the, the reality is like that's all a huge part and it's a lot but um yeah. the formation never never stops and so mm-hmm. the the real work of that beginning initial formation is to uh, prepare the men, prepare us all for like this ongoing daily formation, conversion, all that sort of stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, and correct me if I'm wrong. So from what I understand when the postulants show up a couple months after that, the father innocent right now takes them, uh, to the desert. So 21 days that they spend in Utah in the winter, uh, going through kind of this intense, um, spiritual, physical, emotional, uh formation. And I think it's something that I related to, especially having gone through military boot camp and there's a lot of formational process things, a lot of um breaking down so that you can kind of be built back up, a lot of testing your own limits. And so that's what um something that I really kind of appreciated and and I think was really worked into this book. And I'll show here so the Born of Fire um study. So can you talk a little bit about um I don't know like maybe when when was the first time that You guys decide, like, no, we're going to take the postulants to the middle of the desert, um, you know, and and just kind of how it's informed and what they do there for those who haven't heard.
2: Yeah, I would. So it really so Father Innocent, uh, he's what's called the postulant director, and he's been that for a number of years. Before that, he was in charge of our missionary program in the Bronx. That's that's connected to our homeless shelter. So for 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 five, six years, he's been in this kind of in the, the responsibility, the role of forming young men and so ultimately it was his call but what was what i found kind of encouraging or or interesting or, or whatever you want to call it is you know a lot of us do like we do pay attention to like for example like military training you know there, there's something about uh, the type of guy who becomes a cfr who's kind of into kind of like intense things or passionate things or hardcore things whatever so there's some part of us that resonates with some of the military formation or kind of high level sports stuff. Mm-hmm. And it is like, if you look at like kind of across the board, um, there's something about when like men are going into something together at the beginning of it, there is, there's this like this almost is like formation or this right is right of passage of kind of going through a struggle together, yeah. which seems to, to galvanize the brotherhood, but also strengthen the man. And so I remember years ago, just be like, we don't really have something like that. Is there an equivalent? Because our formation is different from military formation or for athletic formation, but is there equivalent that would work for us? And this is what what Father Innocent, uh, he found. And it's in, it's in collaboration with a group called CORE. And CORE is a group that was kind of the fruit of Wyoming Catholic. And if you're going to go be a student at Wyoming Catholic, all of the freshmen go on this 21-day backpack, like backpacking trip. And it's, it's, it's part of their, their formation, but they've developed it and they've developed a number of formation kind of lessons for men and women of, I think from five days to number of weeks. And so we, we connected with them and, um, you know, it is, if you ask Father Innocent, like in short, he'll call it a man camp. It is about, (laughs) you know, um, to, to pretty much in any context, like. To to live your vocation for your lifetime, you're gonna need to be able to do hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. In our own life, in our own vocation, you're going to need to be able to do hard things. And so, part of it is just reminding the men of their dignity and their capacity uh, to suffer and to endure. But also, I like I kind of like to look at this whole like 21 day desert experience uh, as like idol hunting. Um, because there is a way in which whatever your thing is, whatever your idol is, if it's comfort, if it's isolation, if it's self, uh, self-dependent or self-reliance, if it's, if it's heights, if it's control, uh, if it's just comfort, whatever, whatever your idol might be, um, it's not going to be there. It's not going to be there and and it yeah. forces you to confront it and to start to deal with it. And by doing it as early as possible to allow the stuff to come up to the surface as early as possible, it allows the men with the Lord and with Father Innocent to really sort of start uh, allowing the Lord to break down some of these idols as soon as possible.
1: Oh, that's so good. Yeah. I and immediately, you know, as you said that, like I thought back to my own basic training and it's like vanity and materialism and the control and the, you know, like all of these things that I didn't even know. We're so ingrained into my lifestyle we're just like gone that's that's gone uh, yeah. but I do think that there's something really important about the difference because one of the things you've talked a lot about is going into the desert in relationship, and I think you know basic training it did help me turn to the Lord, but that wasn't the way it was designed, yeah. <laughs> and there's something about going in the desert into these hard places and learning how to suffer and sacrifice with the lord so how do you see that manifest differently with your postulants beautiful
2: yeah that's a that's a great question and i at some point i might turn the tables on you with this interview because i'd love to hear your own experiences as well um and i and i maybe uh to kind of help contextualize things a little bit it might be helpful just to explain a little bit of like uh to put like when we're saying we're going into the desert and this like, what, like, what does that actually mean? You know? Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so we do, we, we fly out to Moab or the Moab area. So in Utah mm-hmm. um, and, and it's a 21 day thing. And so we're not actually just in one spot, uh, but usually like we're in one spot doing one thing for about a week. And then we end up uh, like moving to a different one for a different type of activity. And, and a couple of the things that make it unique are, first of all, we do it in November and we do it in November on purpose. Uh, and part of that is because it's, it's like cold. Um, it's not, it's not snowy, but it's yeah. cold, you know? And, um, and what, we, what we'll do is we spend a couple of days where so we're like in the backcountry. So you throw on like, you know, your rock with, with everything. And it's so that especially early on, it can be between 15, and 75 pounds, depending if you're, you're carrying water and we're, we're hiking for a number of, uh, you know, a number of miles and then camping out and for the whole 21 days, you don't take a shower. Um, you know, it's like uh, you're in cook groups. You're sharing tents, and then we're doing things like backpacking. We're doing things like some very basic learning how to use like a map and navigate. We're doing we did some rock climbing, what they call canyoneering, uh, rappelling, and so and so. It is. It's part just like doing things that are difficult. It's part learning some new, which is part of a good thing for for men in particular. Yeah. I think for all of us to learn some new kind of. Uh, skills but also like all of this every morning it begins with uh, we have mass and holy hour so the very first thing we do is we have mass and holy hour and and that's actually when the cold's the hardest uh because right if it's for the most part it wasn't freezing a couple of days like the genes froze but when you are when you're it's 30 degrees 35 degrees and you can walk around and stuff okay like that's it's maybe uncomfortable, but it's it's not terrible. But when you have to sit still for an hour and a half, right? Uh by the end of that, it gets pretty much into survival mode. Um and so so we're beginning there, we're beginning with a prayer, and we began with weeks of um like talks, formation on the spirituality of the desert, which is this whole rich tradition we have in the church as well. Um, and then there's while we're out there, there's gonna be a little word. Uh, each day, there's going to be another time of prayer. And so the whole thing is, um, it is being, diff- it's, it's struggling and it's having trials, which are supposed to create the space for um, for this conversation, right? And for mm-hmm. these people to to process these and to relate these to the Lord. And so, um, and there's someone else has said this, like when the Lord wants to teach us something, he doesn't just give us a lesson, he makes things happen. And that's, kind of, that's kind of this reality. It's like, okay, you, you know, you, um, you want to pray, you trust the Lord. Now, How, like, how are you going to understand prayer when it, every morning for a week you're not able to focus and it's just cold? Like, like how, like, how, like, let's, let's look at that. Let's work through mm-hmm. that. Or how are you going to, like, what's the Lord saying in your when you were leading and you made a mistake and you got embarrassed and you got frustrated, like, okay, what's the Lord want to speak into that area? And so like myself, there's a priest, Father Innocent, one of the brother, like one of the things we're doing along the journey as well is like, let's, let's check in. How are you doing? Okay. Like Mm -hmm. where, like where was the Lord in that situation? What's he's doing? Um, And so it's very much part of this, like, let's, let's learn how to do hard things, but primarily let's learn how to do hard things with the Lord is, is, is what we're, we're trying to bring together.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's so important. I mean, especially for men, um, in our society, it, our society is so good at medicating us at, um, at making us lazy at numbing, numbing at just getting us doom scrolling through Instagram yes. or whatever it is. And, um, and that, that robs us of, the potential that God has for us, and I think it also, uh, it it fills our life to the point where God doesn't have any space, mm-hmm. and so so t- to have this, I think everyone should should have this experience of stripping themselves um, of pushing themselves to to the edge, because um, that's the experience I think that God can relate to you, and kind of like you were saying of 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 it's it's almost not. To, This academic—I mean, yes, there is the academic piece in in the faith, but our God is a living God, a relational God, and that's how He works through us. And I I know in in my own life recently, I've just been working through a lot of that. Of I I know things, I know this is what I should do, I know I should trust the Lord, I know I should pray, um, but actually, what does that look like in communion with Him? Is is what the Lord has kind of been been walking me through.
1: I um, you're describing the cold and therefore sometimes maybe the silence of God and like just having to like sit there through mm-hmm. the prayer in a way right now in our vocation with three kids crawling all over us. I just... You know, it's like the first question in an examination of conscience will be like, How is your like focus in mass? And I'm like, It's terrible. I didn't hear a a word. (laughs) I didn't hear anything. (laughs) But I'm here, Lord, and I'm like trying and I'm showing up. And as you were, it's different. But at the same time, that learning to be present to the Lord, even when I feel like I'm not giving anything or really getting Mm -hmm. anything. And yet, like, the gift of showing up and then letting him, learning to hear him through all of the things that have my attention, um, whether that's a shivering body or a one-year-old like in my face. <laughs> um, and So I, yeah, how good that is because at some point in your spiritual journey, the Lord will be quiet. And what is it to believe in God and to follow God and to listen to God when it feels like you can't hear him? Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think one thing that this really ties into, and again, this is a major theme in um, the book, is this idea of identity. And so can you touch on that a little bit? I I was praying about this the other day of... uh, you know, I don't think the birds outside our house just sit around and be like, man, you know what I'm really going to contemplate this Lent is my identity as a son of God. Or <laughs> you like, um, just, just, yeah, <laughs> right. And so, um, But I don't know, like, why, why was that a theme that you guys picked for the book? Why is that so important for men to he- hear in today's day and age?
2: Yeah, I think it's, it's a, uh, it's something that we're always needing to, to learn and lean, lean into and to receive and to get more deeply rooted in like who who we, who we are. Right. If, if we're, if we're authentically rooted in our identity and, and the fullness of what that means, like that is the foundation uh, by which we can, we're meant to go about life and all that life throws at us. Right. Um, so, right. So, so another way of looking at particularly, we're not able to go through the whole identity journey with the men in the three weeks. Uh, in in born born of fire, Father Innocent does lay it out, and 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 take some stories from from the desert, um, kind of as like the roadmap. But he 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 breaks down the the journey of man and the journey of of men. And I I really feel like we can we can replace the male for the female in a lot of this stuff. I think there are yeah. some nuances and some differences, certainly. But it's so, so he's like so we th- we start with son, then brother, then man, uh, then spouse, then father then mystic and then and then new man and so the whole thing this whole journey we're on is this this identity journey ultimately the the maturing of of who we are in christ and it begins with sonship it begins with sonship and if you look at the gospels and you look at jesus's own journey into the desert right it immediately it immediately follows his baptism at the jordan Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and and i think that's that's really important because so jesus goes right in a lot, of, in some ways, like Jesus goes down to the waters of baptism and he makes he makes these waters holy, and he hears from the heavens, right? Like you are my beloved son, and this is wh- this is where it has to begin for us. We have to begin uh, by by at least. So Jesus experienced it differently; he experienced it in the fullness, that, that, but we have to journey into it. But we have to begin by at least hearing the truth or knowing on some level, like that that God is our Father and that we are His children, and that we are beloved in that relationship. So that's where it begins, and that's even part of why, for our own journey of taking of a spiritual father taking his sons into the desert, it's not the very first thing we do. We have a couple of months just to, to pour into them, to love them, to encourage them, to win their trust, uh, because we need that foundation. We need a little bit of trust for them to to, to follow us for what's about to come. Um, and I, would, but what I love about the desert, it's like now Jesus goes into the desert in a certain way like as he made the waters holy, he makes like the sands holy. He makes the, the trials mm-hmm. and the sufferings mm-hmm. and the temptations of, of the desert that we're all going to experience holy. And what happens, I think, is this. It's like um, through the trial and through the, tr- the the struggle, it's like it's, um I don't have a great analogy for it, but it kind of creates the space and it creates the holes for the identity to even like sink more and more and more into these different areas. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. you you believe that, Okay, Lord, I know that you're good and that you're father and that I can trust you and that I'm beloved. Now, how does that now now I'm I'm in this situation and I'm and I'm vulnerable and I'm frustrated and I'm weak and other people can see it. Like, okay, mm-hmm. can you, Jesus, not just in theory, but in practice in this situation, can you can you allow me to experience and to trust like that you are good and that you are father and that I'm son or that I'm daughter in this situation? And that's mm-hmm. And that is what I think so many of our own Lenten journey, but the, the trials of life come in. It's like, here is a moment and here's an opportunity to experience in this place, like in an even deeper way, um, God's fatherhood and our, and our identity as his sons and daughters. And it's, it's this, it's like, it is this identity kind of struggle and experience.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, we, we were talking earlier about this, but uh I've been struggling with vertigo um for about the past year or so like just these extreme dizziness episodes uh which as you can imagine uh is very suboptimal for being a fighter pilot and uh you know being a fighter pilot or just in the military is one of those vo- like small v vocations I was you know I think like uh doctors teachers uh you know law enforcement type uh type jobs where it it does become a little bit part of your identity uh and just recently to to be stripped of that uh and i think the lord has just kind of brought me on this journey of um while while that was a good thing it was a beautiful thing um i have something deeper for you i don't know do you do you have any advice for maybe someone who is in this transition period from going from college to their job or maybe um you know they've they've lost a bit of this kind of like the smaller identities in their life um potentially t- for God to be able you know to make space like you were saying for for some of these bigger deeper identities
2: yeah and i think this is where this is just the reality that it is um like jesus is the way and that and that part of what he wants to reveal and part of what what it takes is a journey and um you know i th- He's always gonna he gives us the grace like for the next best step yeah. uh, he doesn't necessarily like give us the grace for the whole journey at once, but it does have to like things actually have to transpire time mm-hmm. has to pass things have to happen for for this truth and for his goodness to to like fully be revealed and so mm-hmm. you know i think we, we've talked about it drew it's you know it's um this is hard <laughs> this is hard and at this point <laughs> um You know, it's it's what he's going to do with this, and how he's going to reveal his fatherhood, and how he's going to love you as his son. In this, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. And you know, we're grateful that you have enough confidence of him, of the person of God, Mm -hmm. that you're willing to make the next best step in faith with him. Um, Mm -hmm. That's that's this is what uh, Pope Francis said in Lumen Fide, basically along this line. Like in the in the midst of our suffering, what we don't need is. basically like an explanation or a talk or a theological truth restated. What we need is a presence that's with us for the journey. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what ultimately uh, what the Lord offers, offers us on the journey. Um, mm-hmm. Is not all the answers? Isn't roadmap? Isn't, uh, you know, uh, the foreshadowing of, of what is, what, what's going to happen. What he offers us is, is, his, is his presence for the journey. And so it's so important for us um, to know him. And to place
0: our, our trust most
2: of all in him.
0: Yeah. So man, I think um I think this is so good. I, I want to dive a little more into trust because because this is where the, the Lord has been leading my heart yeah. recently is is on this journey of trust. And like you were saying, um, you said that he, he gives us the grace just for that next step. Um and that can be really difficult for um for a husband and a father who's trying to provide for his family and, and saying, But what what are we going to do? Where are we going to live? You know these are um, it's easy in, in theory to just oh, just trust God, right? Yeah, just, just trust. And you're like, okay, I, I get that intellectually, but how do I live that out? Uh, and I think in, in just my own prayer life, the Lord has just been uh, been really guiding me in the sense of, trust me, that I'm going to be there with you, that I'm going to walk you through this, and that when the time comes, I'm going to help you make that next decision. And, and that's tough for me, who I I mean, as a fighter pilot, also I was trained um, to do large scale mission planning. So that's like that's how my mind works is no, I need, I need to know the end goal. And then I can walk back and build contingencies. Like that's how we build war plans. And so, but the God God is looking at that in my life right now, at least, and just saying, no, I need you to be here with me right now. And to trust that that i will when the time comes to make those decisions, that I will bless you, that I will offer that, so I don't know it's just do you have any practical advice for people who are like oh it's i don't know it, it's easy for you to say, just trust god and <laughs> but like, but what does that look like when in the day to day and I, I you have to make real decisions that impact real people, a lot of real people being a five a three a one year old in our house that are <laughs> that I am in you know God has entrusted to me so mm-hmm.
2: yeah i think right in so far as we are speaking to like a, a broader audience as well uh, the reality is that the answers to a lot of these questions um need to be personalized and you know okay. uh, the answer to a lot of questions really actually is another question <laughs> and and what we really need isn't necessarily like a, a next best step like do this do that but but just to be received and heard. And so I, we are gonna talk a little bit, but for those who might be feeling some of the struggle really acutely, uh, I realize talking at you isn't necessarily like the most helpful thing, right? Um, which like probably any married couple has figured out. Like, I don't I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to listen to me, right? Uh, <laughs> and, that's, that's, and that's true, that's true. Um, what would I say? I think out of, uh, there's, there's a lot of things to say. Um, you know, the Lord's always, he is, he's always teaching us. And, and one of the lessons at this point maybe is, you know, um, and I actually have a follow-up question, but it's like, you know, Drew, it's like the way in which um, you follow me and the way in which I lead you, uh, it's different than the way in which you plan a mission, you know? And it, it's, if you pay, it's so, its it's this fascinating little note, which I'm very amused by or very interested in when, when the Lord is leading Israel out of uh, Egypt into the promised land, there's this line where it basically says like he, he takes them the long way because they went another way. They're going to run into another people and either they're going to get conquered or they're going to get scared and return. And so if you know, if you're a guide and say you have like good map skills and good planning skills and you're following Moses or you're following like the cloud by day and the fire by night, you're like at some point, you might be thinking, we're going, this is not the right way. This is, like, this is, this is dumb, <laughs> this is the wrong way, this doesn't make any sense, this isn't efficient, it's not practical. Um, but what God saw was, if you went straight, if you went the easy route, what God saw is, you're, if you go this way, like, it's not going to work out well for you. And so I'm going to take mm-hmm. you on this long, roundabout, extended journey because my ways are not your ways. And, and yeah. what I'm trying to work on this journey isn't just take you from one destination to another but it's about it's a destination that is actually geared towards your own transformation and your relationship allowing you to receive me um mm. as i really am in your life right so i think that's part of it is like some sometimes god's not super or seemingly not super efficient or practical in his yeah. ways <laughs> and i think we have to surrender that okay maybe and as you, you probably experience this as parents right like Sometimes your kids just need to trust you because they don't understand why X Y or Z isn't a good idea. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um. What What I kind of want to ask is is how about this? Is um, with your own situation, what's what's true is that the skill set that allowed you to be a fighter pilot for a number of years, that's a pretty serious skill set. So I, in one point, like, why is it, can you just place your confidence in like, okay, I'm really talented and educated and all that sort of stuff. I'm going to land on my feet and get a different job. Is there a reason that doesn't take away the anxiety or the, the, you know, like, why can't you just place your trust in yourself or, or whatnot?
0: Sure. Uh, I, I think there's, there's two answers to that. The first one is, um, so I entered the military when I was 17 and I've been in the military for almost 15 years. You can do the math there uh and so and so a lot in the military um you know one of the main virtues you have to exercise is obedience because um you do have some influence on um your job and maybe the plane you fly and a little bit on where you're stationed but at the end of the day the air force just sends you where they need you and 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 you pack up your bags in your house and and you show up and you make the best of it and so i think part of it is um You know, using this muscle that uh, hasn't been used. I said, like, I haven't had to make a decision in my life in the last fifteen years, and so, so there's some pressure on, um, on on making a decision, but also um, trying to make the decision that is um, most in tune with the will of God. And so, so I think um, maybe there's a a pressure that I put on myself of um, because this is such a big life choice that I want to get it right. I I want to do what's best for our family, um, for our faith to grow, and um, and I, I want to do the Lord's will. Like I truly want to strive to do that. And so when I don't know what the you know the next couple steps are of the Lord's will, then that's hard for me because I feel like I'm here going, God, like I I, I am your soldier. Like just tell me what to do, and I will go fly into battle for you. And and the Lord has just been imparting on my heart of like, no, you are a son and I want you to be here with me in this relationship and I will take care of that stuff for you. And so does that make sense? Just like the balance of, of, um, I do trust in the Lord, uh, and maybe just that wanting to, to follow his will and not knowing it is tough for me. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. Um and maybe I'll ask another question. One of the like I basically have I have a very pretty standard uh wedding homily uh flow. And I, I may like I personalize it so it doesn't it yeah. doesn't feel stale. <laughs> I I feel like actually my wedding homily is probably the my best. Um but I at the end I kinda remind the the bride and the groom that context, right? What like by sacrament, by this what what happens when you receive the sacrament of marriage is um like when, when Drew loves Katie and when Katie loves Drew, like you don't just give Katie Drew and, and Katie, you don't just give yourself, like because of the nature of the sacrament, you actually give God. And so when you, mm-hmm. uh, when you love the other, when you dr- rejoice in the other, when you're patient with the other, when you forgive the other, when you, um, encourage the other, it's not just like you doing it, but it's also, uh, you, you actually communicate God's doing it too. in, in those contexts. Um, mm-hmm. And that's part of the, like, the dignity of, of marriage and why it's so sacred and so important because in some point, in some part, like you're representing to one another God, right? Your sacraments yeah. of God. Um, and so I think it's beautiful because like in the desert, right? The way in which the Lord led, uh, was present to, to Moses and the Israelites was like just, just this presence. We're talking about this presence that's with us mm-hmm. for the journey. And I think it's so beautiful that because both of you share the faith, like how much of a help has it been that Katie is here, is this presence, and that you're not going through it all by yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and and it's not just Katie who's here, but through Katie, like the Lord wants you to know, like, hey, I'm here with you, and we're gonna we're gonna do this together. Yeah,
0: yeah, I uh, yeah. That's so I mean, honestly, just having Katie and the support and um, the prayers and, and just knowing, knowing that the Lord will take care of us, that he will provide for us and that, and that his plans are so much better than our plans. And, and the road that I think is, is straight in the way probably Mm -hmm. is not the way that God wants us. And he's going to take us the long way, but he's going to be there with us.
1: (laughs) There's so much in that. I think the The things that stood out just listening to the two of you as this this is a reminder that this is the only moment that I am at and the Lord is at and the importance of being present Mm. right here in this discernment conversation in the hard you know it's like when we are suffering or even when we perceive future suffering that like we we don't have the grace for that future suffering so like we can put ourselves into like oh what's Lent gonna do to us or like what is like the world uh, turmoil in the future going to result in and just this reality that the lord like i'm here like as you said like that's what we need in our in our heart mm-hmm. is not the theological point but just the presence of god and in that to reject the lies uh that i think are deeply rooted in our identity mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that i like from the first week of born of fire and looking over it, the the identity of sonship, father innocence starts it with. Here are some lies that we hold against our identity, mm-hmm. and some of them are: I'm alone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm worthless. I like don't know what I'm doing. Like I have a father who doesn't love me. You know, and this like importance of renouncing those. And I would love to hear from you, father, from a priest, the importance of us digging in to what lies we hold in our heart against that identity and the power of renouncing them in the name of Jesus in our lives. Yeah.
2: Uh, good question. Tough question. <laughs> um, Cause I'm, I'm trying to think of, of a good way to, to articulate it. Uh, uh, the reality is that the lot, li- the lies aren't just necessarily like thoughts we think. Um, but they they do they they translate into into actions right and so um, or into particularly I think actions but in particularly to different ways in which we uh, we stop and we hinder uh, God's work in our lives. Uh, he has a plan and he wants to do something and he wants to to speak into situations and, and the lies uh, aren't just going to be spoken like, aren't going to be just kind of um, spoken spoken through or Contradicted or whatever, just through like some words, right? Mm-hmm. But but actually, we have to create some space and, and for for the Lord to do that, and um, and that's what it's at the service of. It's at this because the Lord in his in his honoring of our freedom, the Lord in his uh respect of us as persons, the Lord in his what we'll call like his 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 his, his he, he's gonna knock at the door. Like he knocks at the door, he's not gonna break it down, and we mm-hmm. do have we do have to open it. And, and it's the lies that keep the door closed. It's the lies, Mm -hmm. which will say, you know, um, uh, I'm not, I'm not worthy, you know, for your presence. Like I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not, or it's the doors that can say like, okay, um, this, this, I can't do this. Or it's the Mm -hmm. lies that can say, like, I I can't forgive the situation. And, and if we really, like allow these lies to be, um, to, to get to dig their roots ultimately what it does it's just like it's just us putting like the sofa and then the couch and then the arm war and all this sort of stuff on the against the door so that we can't get <laughs> to it and let the lord in and and it's like okay let's let's little by little it's like okay we yeah. can let's take this away let's take that away eventually maybe you look through the people and then ultimately, ultimately what we're trying to do is allow the lord into all of our lives and, it, and mm-hmm. it's the it's the lies which which prevent him from coming into everything
1: yeah and one of the things you said was it doesn't really help to talk at somebody and what's so powerful to me in this study is the recommendation to that weekly holy hour and eucharistic adoration mm-hmm. and it isn't filled with an hour of things to do in that holy hour but it gives you a starting point for sure and and some resources there but also the importance of learning to sit. Mm-hmm with the Lord to allow him to really be the one who takes away that armor and takes away that couch because I think we sometimes try by ourselves and that can only get us so far. Um, but it almost like sneaks him in the back door. <laughs> like, okay. Like, let's open up the front door for me uh, slowly, little by little uh, can, for you. can I
2: share maybe a, like a fun story from the desert, which I think we yes, yes, can bring, bring yes. together and bring a couple of our worlds together? We have, uh, we have a postulant who was a, he served as Marine Recon. Is that, do you know okay, what that awesome. is? Right. Yes. So, Marine mm-hmm. Recon. So, we went to Ranger school, sniper school, survival school, all this sort of stuff. And so, for him, uh, coming for our little 21 day backpacking yeah. trips, like, <laughs> you know, like, wasn't a big deal. <laughs> and, it's, and it is funny because, like, he, he I think he, he served as a Marine from, uh, with the Marines actively from 18 to like 22, 23, which are deeply formative years. And so, like like the hat, the backpack the the boots all of it was still like what he would be having as a marine right uh, which was which was fun, but he also became the guy that people are leading on, or like leaning on a lot and and because he he'd done it all before and and there's this interesting part where um where there's two other guys, two of the postulants are what what we call the leader of the day, and so they're kind of in charge, they have the map, they have the compass they're they're, they're, they're choosing the route and we had to go from A to B and part of that involved going down this, this Canyon. And, uh, so they're looking at the map and it seems like there's an entrance, but if you go down the entrance, then you're going through like this forest and the brush. And, and so they asked the sort of, they asked the Marine like, okay, Hey, like, here's what we're thinking. What do you think? And he says, well, you know, we would, you know, we're always, we would basically always avoid going through that type of environment. Um, for a variety of reasons like you just you just avoid that and so uh the decision was made like let's no let's not do that let's find another path down and so we're going around this like canyon and we were at that point we made that decision at, like 45 minutes into the walk you know four four and a half hours later uh we're back to the same spot because <laughs> there was only one entrance this is where we had to go and and so like we we, we got there and we, you know, where the other guys were at for lunch on the previous trip, we got there about eight, eight o'clock at night, uh, you know, a five hour or whatever. It was like the four hour, four, four mile hike was like 10 hour hike. We couldn't make it to our destination. We had to camp outside, all this sort of stuff happened. Yeah. And I think part of the, what the Lord could speak into that is, is like, okay, you know what? Um, you, like, you feel like you feel very confident in this setting. Mm-hmm. You feel like maybe you don't need help in this setting. And so like, cause they asked, we have other guides. They asked the, the Marine, they didn't ask the other guides for their opinion. And, and so like here, a couple of idols that could come down at this point, right? It's like, number one, all right, how we, how we do things in the Marines is going to be different than how we're going to do things here. And how you go from A to B in that environment well, you know what, that's not it's not going to necessarily correlate to what the Lord's trying to do. But also, you know, you can imagine to go back to that house thing where the Lord's knocking on the door. Uh, you know, uh the the, the postulant, the, the marine, he's in the house, he hears knocking. It's like, "Hey, I'm here to help with whatever." He's like, "No, don't worry about it. I got it." And that that's like the lie that the Lord needed to cast out there. It's like, "Hey, yeah. uh don't <laughs> the self-reliance or or this yeah. confidence in this area. Which, um, you know, that's reading the map is one particular case, but surely because of his training and his formation, like he's going to feel strong in many areas True. and what the Lord can speak into that now, the truth into what could be a lie is like, Hey, you know, I want you to be self-reliant on me and to yeah. come to me like all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's what part of our, the journey, the making things happen, the challenge, Cause it means something when it's like, Oh, you're the guy who knows what he's talking about, but you're actually the guy who made the mistake that made <laughs> all of these other guys walk for eight hours extra. Um, <laughs> but also then there's the beautiful thing that like the guides and us 45 minutes into this thing, when they made the wrong turn, we knew that this was going to be a long day. Um, you mm-hmm. know, we, but we were along for the journey and, mm-hmm. um, and we were willing to walk with them and to suffer with them so that they could learn the lesson, which is this like yeah. the spiritual fatherhood thing. And sometimes the yeah. Lord He sees us and He gives us permission and He gives us freedom and He allows us to walk for a few hours with our <laughs> our Rucks and get lost <laughs> because like He 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 values us learning that lesson. Yeah. And um and all of this, I think it just it happens in the desert, but it's gonna happen in our vocation in life over and over mm-hmm. again.
0: Yeah, I like uh but, but just as you guys did, the Lord walks with us. Yep. He sees us. He sees us going, you know, <laughs> the wrong direction. It's like, okay. And then, there we go. yeah, and then walks there. And and I think, man, something you said um, just really rang true of um, something my spiritual director has kind of told me of this idea of praying to the Lord to, to and saying, help me to be helpless. Mm-hmm. Help me to be helpless. Because that's so counter all of my training and the, my pride as a man of... Of, of yeah, of re- relying, of being helpless, like that's a really, really vulnerable state um, for me to be in. But that is where the Lord can work through us.
1: Um, sometimes it's easier to jump to like spouse and father and be like, oh yeah, like this is where I'm yeah. at. And especially as I look at wounds of my own childhood, learning to be a child and learning to rest. Mm-hmm in God and to trust him, like to actually go back there and mm-hmm. let it build in a healthy yeah. way is so important. And then to even take it to the mystic and the new man uh, in this this journey is such an important uh, part that we don't just stop in the – I think it's easy sometimes to recognize where somebody else needs to be helped, you know, like for that marine to be yeah. like, "Oh, you guys need help with this. Like, let me show you the way," and then to realize, like, "Oh no, my own need for rescue, my own mm-hmm. need for the Lord to come and save me." That that's an intimate um, need continuously, even though it's a progress mm-hmm. that we go through these identities. In reality, mm-hmm. we're constantly in all of them. Like <laughs> it's mm-hmm. the uh, the journey
0: yeah what um in so i mean i think there's so much that we could unpack um in this book and i'm kind of excited because i i feel like this video will be a good primer for guys you know right before lent as they are about to to jump into this study um what is something that you're most excited about with the the publish of the book whether that's you know i i I know father innocent has talked about kind of writing it for young college students or um, you know, or even men who are discerning the vocation to the priesthood or the religious life. And, you know, what, I don't know, what is like something that you're really excited about, um, uh, guys to walk through this study?
2: Yeah, I think the study is great. I think, I think Born of Fire is great, but what I love, I love it actually, because it, it's one part of like this whole larger sort of push we're having, um, th- this Lent, particularly for young men. And and I feel like. Um, this is part of the conversation and part of the resource and, and hopefully get some men talking. Uh, But the best stuff is, is, well, I'll say that, but there's a lot of else going on. So like, you know, we actually, the two of the missionaries, the guys who are the core missionaries, our wilderness guides, uh, they fool out. And so they're actually with us right now in New York. And so for, for our own podcast, we're going to have a seven part Lenten series where each week we go into one of these, these identities of, of, again, of, of son, man, of son, brother, man, et cetera. So I'm really excited about diving into to each of them a little bit more deeply with those guys. And then uh, we were able to, we reached out to some uh, like college missionaries, young men's groups, things like that. And our, and our, to like, Hey, if, if we can get this thing, if you want to, we're going to, we can get onto like, either it's a, a weekly or a, a once a Lent like zoom call meeting. And it's just really, um, mm. it's, it's not like the born of fire is part of it. And maybe sort of some of the kindling or the instigator, but we're kind of like fired up and really going to be, I think uh, diving into this conversation with as many men as possible. And Mm -hmm. um, I think it doesn't take, uh, we just know that there is a poverty of men. Uh, We also know there's an, there's an incredible war being waged against masculinity to undercut Mm -hmm. men's Mm -hmm. development and maturation as men. And so this is like this is the this is like okay we let's go to war you know for good and for men and for their own formation which is for the good of them as husbands as future spouses as future fathers all that sort of stuff. So I'm just I'm passionate about it. I'm passionate about men, I'm passionate about um helping men be men and and so yeah, I'm I'm fired up about all that.
0: Yeah, I I like uh It's, it's hard when, when you're thinking about, you know, what resources you can provide to help people. And, and there's a a little bit of a temptation, you know, as you maybe write a book and you're just like, ah, here's all you need and throw them the book. But what I, what I appreciate about you guys is, um, is your intentionality into the relationship. And so being able for men to listen to the podcast and hear not only the stories, hear them come alive, but also hear your guys' hearts and, and that, that relationship that you have between the brothers um, with you and God. And then, yeah, just you guys being able to reach out to these young men's group and, and, uh, just walk with them a little bit. And it's, it's cool to see you with, I know you guys are, are super busy and, but to still make, you know, with what little I can, my five loaves and a couple fish that I can give to the Lord, like I'm going to invest that into relationship. And, um, it, I think it just speaks a lot to your guys's character and to your guys's, um, your priorities in no, this is what is going to bear the fruit. It's not. Um, there are so many other important things, but when and I think when you look at Jesus's ministry, like yeah, he did. He spoke to the five thousand, um, you know, but really he walked with the twelve, and even more so, you know, he really invested in the three Peter, James, and John. And um, I think we could all learn from how Jesus did this.
1: Yeah, I think the the diving in. To small groups, and like just the importance of talking through things. Like a book is powerful, mm-hmm. but you know, even if your small group is listening to your podcast, uh, <laughs> that there is an importance of digesting that on a deeper level, expanding it, personalizing it. You know, even as we talked about sort of our own issues with trust and identity and discernment, that it is personalized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is such a beauty in that. And so, thank you. Thank you for providing not only. A phenomenal resource for men, which mm. I'm very grateful for because I do feel like there are 5,000 resources for women, and <laughs> we need some for men. So, thank you. Uh, in, in all honesty, uh, to not water that down, to really step in that breach, uh, into that need to speak to a man's heart, mm-hmm. regardless of their vocation, because of me, end, you know, like our vocations are different. Drew and yours vocation are different, but your heart, as a man, I is is the same yeah. in that in that need and in that desire and in that identity, and so so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Other places that people can connect with the CFRs with you. I what else you you got going on?
2: <laughs> sure, and I, actually a lot of it. Yeah. So I'm our director of communications, and so it's like my job to like. <laughs> Bring it all together. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> once or twice a year, I can do that. And so, uh, first of all, if, if people want to get the book, com is where yes. you can get the book. Um, and that's a, great, that's a great resource, a great starting spot. Uh, so we have our podcast, Poco Poco Podcast. Mm-hmm. And myself, Father Innocent, a couple of the brothers, the core missionaries, particularly in Lent, each, each week we're going to be going deeper. And then when I was in the desert, I was able to basically take like little video from each day And so we have, if you want to kind of see and come on the journey with us a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, that will all be up on our Instagram. So it's CFR underscore Franciscans, and so it's a way to kind of see it, see the guys, see us get like nastier, nastier, and (laughs) and dirtier, dirtier over the the sports and all. Yeah, totally. Um, But but all of that I think uh, can all of it kind of together can be a beautiful witness instruction source of encouragement for your own uh, particularly prayer and journey
0: awesome yeah that's awesome father mark mary thank you so much for for joining us um thank you for speaking into my life and hopefully that that helps listeners who are who are feel like they're going through a desert right now um and need kind of that encouragement and that's the, the knowing that the lord is with them and walking with them and that he has a plan for them so again for for all of our listeners thank you so much for listening again check out the book or in a fire we'll leave links to uh, all of the CFR stuff uh, in the description below below and just know that we are praying for you all until next time thank you so much god bless